So we make use of this particular form for a week or so, and uh, hopefully in this particular setting you can get some insights and some tips and some reminders that help you to sustain the practice other times when you're practicing in the forest or throughout the day in a very special time because here in this situation we have a very strong manifestation of aditana 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 means a further or a complete or fuller foundation yeah. that's the best you can do with it in English really uh, but this is occasioned by the fact that, let's say, there's uh, 15 of us, or however many it is, all holding the same state, at least holding them physically, coming together. And during this time, of course, there's not been a lot of coming together at all. And just the fact that a group of human beings sitting, walking, standing, sitting, walking, standing, and using the same hall so it's a very visual manifestation of simple presence the hall is designed to be nothing much more than just an open, clean, bare shelter nothing to distract you a Buddha Rupa, a Prajna Paramita, wisdom sign and the rest of it is just space, ground Shelter, you know, roof, sheltering, ground, floor, space, soft light. Real stripping away of the complexities of the sense realm to make certain more uh, useful characteristics apparent, characteristic stability. What's this quality? It's perception, this tone, use it so that if we sit, you come back and you remember, you just remember you really check in with a sense of stone floor, sitting, space, shelter, presence of others, together. So you can do this with your eyes open, not just the intellectual pursuit, it's something you get a, a tone for, a heart tone. It's cool. Uh, in this, there's no progress, there's no decline. There's no um, thing we're trying to achieve just here. This is foundation, establishing foundation. And to, to, to return to it because most of one's uh, mental activity is not about foundation, it's about creation, interpretation, analysis, comparison, figuring things out, and so forth. You know, you have the opportunity to just relax all that activity. Now, relaxing activity is really not possible unless you have something else to place your mind on, your attention on, your awareness on, place your heart on, place your chitta on. 
why the jitta needs to have something to stand on. If it doesn't get something stable and steady to stand on, it creates things. And the nature of that search for stability is such that you create a, a flow of thought for something to stand on. It's not very stable, but it's better than vacuity, where the mind just reels around. So it has to have something to support it. And if we don't support it with skillful foundation, we support it with unskillful foundation, obsessive, you know, compulsive, fixated. You know. And unfortunately that's an inheritance that we have from worldly life where there isn't this stable foundation. Most people's minds are embedded in their own stories. Uh, they're not even good stories. Just something to the mind to get on and then argue with and despair about and tinker with, tweak and proliferate around. Suffering, stress. But berating oneself for it is of no use. You've got to find something else. And here, this something else is we're offering it to each other by our presence in the hall. Someone can reflect upon it like that. Do I do I want to be here? Do I need to be here? I've been doing this for thirty years or so. Well, it's not really about me. It's about us. And I offer my presence, my bit of stability, such as it is. And uh, we try to put that just by being here, turning up, sitting, still, holding as best you can. Can't find it sitting is too difficult, too painful, uncomfortable. Stand for a while. Try to maintain in the hall that sense of offering stability to others and to yourself, to your own chitta. You've been really rocky, dull, confused. You can't find the stability. Then shift your position, shift your posture, get some ground. Yeah, so that's a, and you know, we're using our body because this is the most direct experience. And we're often reminded that our world of conceiving and is uh, powerful and um, informative and useful, but it's always secondary to direct. It's always an interpretation of or. Uh, construction or deduction process around something else that's happening. Just turn that down. What is direct, felt in the body and felt in the chitta. Chitta, heart, awareness. And the sense of chitta has some kind of tone to it, like calm. It's unstable, bristling, surging. Stagnant, uh, wavering, uh, bright, radiant. Mm-hmm. And these are the, these tones, often, you know, so that we don't necessarily notice. What we notice, what, what comes out of them, is emotional proliferations. Mm-hmm. I've really got to get out of that. I've really got something else I need to do. Where did that come from? And just an unsteady, wavering. 
home in the chitta. So we were fed up, stagnant, where's that coming from? The uh, tone that it picks up in the body isn't strong, straight. The body is kind of slumped. Chitta feels that tone is dull. Of course, you can create all kinds of things in that or just numb out in it, but just using your body to hold up. Give it give your chitta, give your heart much support as you can with your body. The body is shifting around, the jitters can't be stable. The body is slumped over, the jitter doesn't get the brightness. So it's really offering one's uh, form, their own welfare and the welfare of others. Make a point of uh, moving around quietly. Open doors quietly, doors were designed particularly to be softly closing. Still, you can move quietly, softly, slapping things around and and so on. So the whole atmosphere is, is, the tone of it is restrained, gentle, nothing that slaps or suddenly clangs. The longer you can sustain that, the chitta begins to pick up that, that tone. And that's uh, for, it takes a time to get the taste of it. Because mostly we've been, well, not for myself, but you know, in worldly life, one's chitta is attuned to particularly quite strong tones of pleasure. Sense of pleasure, interesting things, fast movements. Something interesting is happening, and then the next thing, the next thing. In monastic life, it's not interesting. (laughs) So that stronger, rapidly moving vibration, it's got no food, it's got nothing to feed on. That stronger, more rapidly moving vibration of, of jitta, it's got nothing really to get going on. And what can happen is the mind creates something suddenly gets stirred by, aroused by, irritated by, obsessed with, feelings of inadequacy, get obsessed with that, feelings of, you know, passion, getting obsessed with that, because it's got a stronger vibe to it. And the, the reality of this practice is the chitta has to be weaned from that. That's, that's the worldly food. Is that strongly moving, rapidly oscillating energy. What worldly food is that? Meditation life, monastic life is is inclined towards supporting meditation. We're really trying to, we're looking for more softly quality tone, more gratitude, contentment. Absence of hostility, absence, the absences of things where the mind feels relieved. Not a lot to do. Ah. Nothing now to figure out. Ah. Nobody's bothering me. Ah. No emails. Ah. 
you know, when that slightly the pressure comes off, and so you, where's that taking? That's the, that's a good indication of, of where the pleasure of meditation comes from the pressure being removed, and the jitta sort of comes out of its agitated or compressed state and starts to This is the uh, analogy of the brahmacharya. Brahmacharya is most specifically understood to be non-sexual behavior, but it really is a little more than that. Brahma, those who have no boundaries, they're boundless, and they don't have, sense contact doesn't happen for them. These are kind of celestial beings. They're just a sense of a very wide, bright, open jitta. And so this meditation is that's the direction of it. Where it's it's sensing the quality of a different kind of heart tone, expanded, steady, soft, suffusive, rather than the more pungent or piquant heart tone, where emotion gets stirred. Brahmacharya Brahma life. Emotions are not not predominant. You know, they may be cultivated, but they don't seem rather emotionless. It's cold-hearted. No, it's not cold-hearted. It's just that you can't pick, you know, their, their resonances are just deep uh, and subtle and, and soft. And people sometimes don't have the ability to, to, to tune into it. The absence of passion, the absence of agitation, the absence of restlessness. So this is our cultivation. Now, doing that weaning process from the more fast-moving, strongly, uh, strongly felt feeling tone is stronger, more uh, uh, resonant, into something softer and quieter, like any kind of weaning process takes time to get a taste for it. So use of a group retreat is part of it is to begin or to continue that process. A day of no events other than a bell and a meal. And not this is seeing not as some kind of punishment, but as an opportunity to change one's taste. Taking time to linger. Fast moving mind, fast moving feelings and so forth, the mind doesn't linger, it skips and bounces on to the next and next and next. And that's a, often a, a, a kind of rhythm that worldly life, social life, business life inducts us into, just keep popping on to the next thing. Meditation is the next thing. Continuum, soft. Flowing forms arise and dissolve. There's no push, no jump to the next. Your jitter stays still, your awareness stays still, and phenomena walk through that. There's no pressure to get to the next. It's learning to linger. Mindfulness, 
mindfulness lingers, it sustains, and satipatthana, another tana, the establishment, the foundation of sati, the ability to linger, reflect, hover over feeling, thought, impression, sensation. What's that hovering tone, that sense of listening, that passionate? And steady. Not jumping to conclusions. Then we establish a uh, retreat, picking up the internal sign of Aditana, the external sign of Aditana, group commitment. Sober. And each of us has made a commitment to training. It may have been something that arose from feeling of despair, I've really got to get somewhere, get my head together, or, oh wow, that'd be one of those, or I've got nothing better to do with my time, or this would be interesting. Whatever Whatever the led to that is the point at which you say, yeah, I'll stay with this, I'll be with this, I want to be with this, stay with this, and try to come back to that thought, or that attitude, that turning of your heart towards this. And if your heart has turned towards it, and it has, hmm, it's already ready for this deep in the Dhamma process. And as we often recognize, it's both uh, on one level, worldly level, it's amazing people come here at all. <laughs> Nothing goes on. <laughs> and people like that. They like the peacefulness and the Tone of gentle, warm, friendly. When you stay here, so you get the sense of there's ups and downs, of disagreements, of maybe sometimes squabbles about this, that, and the other. And yet, something you think, yeah, I need to work with this, I need to do something about this. So it's not just the moment of inspiration, it's the recognition of even if this is difficult. Hmm. It's difficult because there's something difficult in myself that needs to be worked out. It's the original foundation which can be through inspiration. You see, you know, beings or a situation that somehow gladdens you, and it does, and that can be somewhat surprising. So even when it gets difficult, your foundation with difficulty, your foundation becomes deeper, not... Because, you know, widely understood, our difficulties are those which drive us deeper. There's something I need to work out here. And this is where commitment comes. So, you know, the motto for retreat, I don't don't put this on the titles of my retreat, but I think I might title the next retreat of teaching, this is going to hurt. 
get used to it. <laughs> what are you talking about? No, it's not pain in your knees. No, no, that's that's trivial. <laughs> You'll find out. And if you're ready for it, that is not going to make you uh, lose heart, might challenge you, but it's actually going to take you deeper to hmm, that thought, that inclination, that drive, that assumption, that expectation, that attitude caused me suffering. I didn't realize that. Here, you're meeting you know, the, the self. Something we all take for granted, yeah, myself, she's herself, he's himself, he's a good guy, she's like this, he's like that. Yeah, I know her, I know him, he's a nice fellow, so forth. It's the kind of thing we take it so much for granted and talk about it because it's the easy linguistic concept. Do you know what it is? <laughs> what are you talking about when you say yourself? Stream, stream of inclinations, repeated familiar stream of inclinations, expectations, good good qualities, difficult qualities, unhappy memories, happy memories, and so forth. A mixture, flow. That's your self is a stream, and it believes in itself. <laughs> We're addicted to it. Because it's something you make a foundation on. You just say, oh, I know that one. Right, I'll stand on that. Because here she is again. Here I am again, doing my stuff again. I know that one, he's me. So you know, it'll be great, this is what I've got. And so the jitta then sits on that, absorbs into that, you know, weeps over that, uh, rejoices over that, <laughs> fights over it, compares with other selves, and all the time it's mesmerized by it. In which the, in here, in these practices, you find that self-stream is going to meet things that don't cooperate with it. It's going to meet times when I don't want to be. It's going to meet situations I don't want to have to participate in. It's going to be things that don't go fast enough. Things that don't go slow enough. People who don't do it this way. Uh, events occurring that I didn't want to. Yeah. But all that is going to keep dunk, dunk, dunk. And the idea is that, well, actually, life wasn't set up to be for your self-stream. The world was not there to play your tune. It's what it is. And, you know, you're not the only instrument in the orchestra. It wasn't set up that way. So, you give me, this is where I find myself challenged or excited or confused or outraged. Now the Dhamma practitioner recognizes the need to get out of that stream. Uh, And this is something to keep reviewing. It doesn't mean trying to be another stream, another self. It means that stream of self 
is to be stepped back from, sense what it's made up of, energies, sensations, feelings, emotional persuasions, volitional tendencies, intentions, uh, sometimes very blurred and jumpy. It's that. And make a foundation that stands outside that. So you're not in yourself, you're with yourself. You want to find something that is outside yourself to get perspective on yourself. If it's all going my way, of course it won't, how am I going to get perspective on it? If everything is just flowing exactly the way I see it, want it, uh, I think that's dangerous. Because then I keep believing in that self. And that self goes on and on and on. Karma, birth, suffering, death. It never gets beyond. And it just keeps going. Streaming on. And with that, naturally there are, there are agreeable experiences in that, but also in that self-stream are some pretty disagreeable features, conflicts, uh, dividedness. Self-stream is generally going to have division in it. Something's going to be quarrelling with another bit. You know, there's going to be an inner critic complaining about it all. Uh, there's going to be pieces that don't match up. It's a discordant stream because it's built upon ignorance and craving, which are no foundation because they themselves are never satisfied, never stable. They can never really be fine. They are always jumping from this to that to the other. They want this, they want that. They want to be something, want to be nothing. They want to be busy, they want to be still. Want to feel this feeling, want to feel that feeling. Want to be with people, want to be away from people. Uh-huh. You know, so the wise practitioner recognizes this particular strand in the self-stream is primary. Whatever else is going on, whatever memories are going on, whatever moves are going on, it's the craving is the thing that tries to but really grips it makes it tight. You've got to get outside that to, to unravel it. You can't go you can't go into yourself to 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 liberate. You can stand outside it. So we establish a foundation. It doesn't exactly you know fit with my my meanness. This is the purpose of community. The purpose of communality, and it's not, and actually, it's, it's quite agreeable. You know, generally, using aditanas that, that are not just merciless, but something you can manage, you can weed, because yeah, it's pleasant. You might know, do my own thing, but it's actually rather pleasant to live in harmony with other people. That's true. It's not that difficult. And you want to make aditanas that you've got a chance of keeping. You know, like as soon as you will use a word like aditana resolution, you think, 
right, I'm going to do a sitter's practice, not lie down for six months. I'm going to fast every week. I'm going to fast five weeks in a solid. I'm going to, you know, oh God, <laughs> just come down with you. <laughs> it's something you, you, know, you can manage. It's not just about willfulness, but it's healing and healthy. <laughs> it's not about, you know, heroism. It's about the, the gritty realism of, you know, be here with the, the boredom, the drowsiness, the restlessness. That's plenty. That's a really good resolution. Just be here with that. And you try to work on the craving and the restlessness and the proliferations and the self-judgments that go on in that. That's a very good foundation. That's a very good resolution. Just to stop whining and complaining beating yourself up and beating other people up in your mind. That's a really good resolution. And you notice in that, you, as soon as you make that, those aditanas, like something like that, you know, I can see that's, that's sort of within reach, but, oh yes, I can see why that's useful, because something really does want, does get bored, restless, complain about other people, criticise myself. And every time one of those arises, you check. No, you said you're not going to do that. Stop it. So why is she... Stop it. And a bit of irritation. Widen. Nobody's hurting you. Who's judging you? Of course, you know, you're here, you're welcome. Floor beneath you, space around you, shelter, food. Stay with that. Don't get absorbed into the little bits that niggle you and you know, get you stirred up. Don't deny them. But use the foundation to witness those, to sense those. And as you sense your difficult bits, your tense bits, your murky stuff, back into your body, widening your attention, grounding yourself. Be very patient. And use an attitude of goodwill. Soothing, easing, releasing. Notice the toe when your mind does release. Spacious, soft. Spacious, soft. Expansive, just a stillness. Is that pleasant? Do you like that? How's your chitta? How's your heart in that? Is that cool? Is there something you regret about it?
that's the journey that we make to the end of suffering, moment by moment, day at a time, moment by moment. Sounds like a big thing, get to the end of suffering. It is a big thing, but it's also a momentary thing. When the potential to suffer comes up, the potential to get engaged with something, to start getting your teeth into something, to start grabbing onto something, to start contracting around something, to start meddling with something, fondling something. <laughs> you can recognize about to suffer. <laughs> this is a sign. It seemed like it seemed like a compulsive impulse or something that's going to be enjoyable. But what it means is you're now about to suffer. Clinging is happening, and suffering is coming. Don't think wrong. Oh, 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 why is it? I shouldn't. I think it should. He doesn't. Why never? I can't. I am. I'm not. No. Uh, I. I. Me. Uh, how am I ever? Why don't people think this about me? My. You're in the self stream. I mean, yours is. Probably got different qualities. It's the same thing as mine. You know, that's that's the sound of it. Not even that personal. Personal <coughs> ripples in it, but the sound is about the same. And the formation of it is clinging. Clinging gives the becoming. Becoming is a continuing existence of something that has no continuing existence. Continuing existence is craving, that's what continues. Craving to be. There's no person in that. Standing outside that. Meditana, it's a place of soberness, and it gets more and more sober and strong every time you recognize. What you, what really this is about? Ah, I get it. Ah, I get it. This is a strong, deep place, but I, but a tremendously fruitful place. This is the place where liberation could be realized. Stepping out of the self stream into the Dhamma stream, the stream entry. Relinquishment and self-view. In this time, we will be uh, using these um, very simple structures. Yeah. And my recommendation is always to incline towards the simpler simplicities. Knowing the mind can get so tangled up even in meditation. Of course, if you're, you know, if you've got a lot of meditation practice, you may find those particular attributes you want to emphasize, but you know, tune into. I always can never always recommend go back to the simplest possible, at least as a kind of a like a, a refresh, is to melt down. Go back to basics, and uh, this time we've all been pretty busy. Some very busy, and that's not 
And hopefully things have been learned in that, and skillful things have been done. But it still means energetically, you know, there's been a lot put out, a lot of stuff been listened to, thought about, considered, turned over, engaged with. Melt down. Just sit in the hall, letting all that stuff bubble and seem and <laughs> develop that quality that can allow things and keep touching the ground so that you, you can get a sense of letting things dissolve. Hmm. Refreshing. This is like a kind of a dumber spa. You go somewhere and you get a massage and a sauna and a bit of a, you know, <laughs> what do they take? A lot of detox. <laughs> you clean out. Uh, you go to one of these detoxes, which only start <laughs> can be quite horrible at times. But uh, you feel clean afterwards because your system's been cleaned out. Yeah, it's going to naturally will be difficulty, but by maintaining this resolution and offering one's own resolution to the group, well, at least you know if I can't, you know, get my own mind together, at least I'm going to help somebody else get theirs together just by being here. <laughs> because if I'm not, I'm going to. It's going to be a problem for everyone. So making that that added time. Don't expect too much. Make it simple. Something you can do. I can sit. I can stand. I can walk. I can recline. Do these things quite clearly and formally. Not just a blur. That sense of the deliberate placing of attention onto what you're doing. This is where the Satipatthana is established in the Aditana. Satipatthana is deliberate placing the attention deliberately onto onto what? Onto sitting, body, standing, body, walking, silence, deliberately placing attention onto what? Onto washing up, onto keeping the kuti clean, onto practicing some chanting, quite a bit of spare time, half an hour or so, pick up a chant, just work with it, deliberately placing the attention. So you massage, you exercise that muscle of the mind. A lot of time to relax the muscles. And then exercising the muscle of the mind by placing deliberately attention to that lingering of it, not letting it slide off, picking up, put it back again. Something you can reach. As with Aditana, try to make it something that's not too far away from where you are. You can refine sati down to minutiae of attention, if you wish, or if you're good at it, or if that's how it works for you, but I'd recommend you know standard of just the body sitting, body walking, body reclining, body you know, breathing. It's 
sense of an inhalation opening your body up, energy shifting through, and exhalation emptying your body out, energy discharging. Stay with that. Satipadana. And then the mind picks up not just the quality of what we're attending to, but the way we attend. We don't attend lightly. We either attend fully or don't bother. And in this situation, you've got a chance to do that. A lot of things you want to don't bother. If you attend to something, attend to it deliberately. So you, you learn, you linger, and the mind gets used to being carefully placed and listening deeply. It, it, it gets trained to do that. And so the uh, sense of what the mind is, it's not just this constant flow of self-thoughts and impressions, it's, it's a an organ of receptivity that you can deliberately place, take in, and feel it taking in something. Get a sense of it like to listen in. The softness, the receptivity, the when things begin to dawn on you. Oh and the tones that come in as you recognise a sight or a sound, or even a breath. Much different from grasping something. Things infuse. Uh, the mind is not, no longer so grabbing and hard. It's open like a sponge, gently absorbs what we tend to. Mm. In this, we're quite conscious of what you tend to will tend to affect your mind. Don't give attention to phenomena that. are either unskillful, injurious, complicating, or useless at this time. Simple rule. Give your attention to qualities that are recommended by the wise. Beneficial. Some, perhaps. Not of the world. Take them in. This is going to take you to the Dharma. The letting be sign of letting go. The sign of go next. The sign of stability. The sign of contentment. The sign of silence. Archita steadies. And there's nothing can do you so much good as a well-trained chitta and nothing can do you so much harm as an ill-trained chitta our foundation and establishment is based on that sober truth so let's use our time for our welfare and for the welfare of others